All right, ladies and gents, this is your man, El Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Again, this is the place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. We're going to get your week, uh, your work week started off right, of course, with the word on the street. And the plot here with Mr. Cohen, Trump's former lawyer, and all the activities they were doing before and during the election, and even maybe even after the election, this plot here is just thickening by the day. Now, it is reported that Mr. Uh, Mr. Cohen was paying a man, John Geiger, $25,000 in order to rig online poll results for John, Donald Trump. Now, John uh, John Geiger, if you do not know who that is, he runs Red Fence Solutions, LLC, and is the Chief Information Officer at Liberty University in Virginia. Uh, Geiger also created a Twitter page for Michael Cohen during the, twi uh, during the election. Now, Cohen was supposed to pay Geiger, uh, Geiger excuse me, up to 50 k uh, but he didn't and for what it's worth Geiger really didn't do a good job of what he was supposed to do and and not all the polls poll rigging worked uh, so for what it's worth uh, he did not get paid the full 50k uh, but he but uh, Mr. Cohen was reimbursed uh, with all money with all with the 50k and was also given up to four hundred twenty thousand dollars from Trump's campaign in order to c continue these nefarious activities. Now, no details were given to Trump's camp and Trump's uh, camp never asked for any details. And this next quote that I got from uh, his name is Richard Hansen, and he's a law professor and expert at UC Irvine. This is the quote right here that's going to. Uh, that's going to kind of give you an idea of what we're dealing with in this administration. Uh, he goes on to say, Mr. Cohen had an obligation to disclose the payment to Red Finch as an uh, as an independent expenditure. If it was uh, campaign related work, he was supposed to discuss it with the Trump campaign. Had he coordinated with the Trump campaign, uh, he would have been required to report report any unpaid um or any any uh, any payments for uh, for work as a kind of contribution so basically he was supposed this was all supposed to be re reported on taxes this was all supposed to be verified this is supposed to be a money trail obviously they're up to no good obviously they were cheating so there is no money trail to be found because of course it would lead to them doing nefarious activity i'm sorry it's the pudding it's in the pot the pudding is in the bowl now geiger was also paid uh to elevate uh position uh positive search result for Donald Trump and for Cohen and their associates. Although he wasn't paid in full, Geiger was also promised connections within the Trump business, uh, you know, business cog, but that also never came through. Now I'm going to outline some more of the, the uh, some more of the, the campaign cheating, because this is what it is. Uh, January 2014, Cohen used Geiger to help Trump perform well in a CNBC of top business win, uh, businessmen rank, uh, Sorry, this was a poll uh, done in 2014 uh, by CNBC for the top 100 businessmen. However, like I said, uh, Geiger really did not follow through on what he was supposed to do. He was not very successful. So, so again, that failed to work. And in February 2015, Cohen again called upon Geiger and Red Finch to do the same for a uh, Drudge Report poll for potential Republican candidates. At the time, uh, Donald Trump was performing very, um, well, yeah, he was performing rather terribly, about fifth place amongst the Republicans. They were able to, you know, boost his profile up just a little bit. But as you can see, um, 
they were using every any and every trick in the book uh, obviously it's starting to come to a head right now with this investigation i think people need to be you know keeping their eyes open to that i've been saying this for years for well since he's been in there he's there's a lot of shady stuff going on in there i don't trust that man but y'all keep i i digress this guy's still in there and uh we have to deal with it but again this is just more examples that whole that whole campaign shady that whole presidency shady and we're gonna see how you know like i said we're gonna see how it shakes out uh in the wash now finally uh what i want to get into uh recently uh well this wasn't a recent event this happened a few years ago this happened in 2010 to be exact uh but in the in the in the spirit of the Me Too movement, in the spirit of we're gonna we're gonna bring down men, and in the spirit of we're gonna you know definitely follow this liberal media rabbit hole, and uh, we're gonna start you know pursuing these men, I'm starting to see where you know even in this movement we're starting to have our hiccups and hangups, and I, I think we're just flat out uh, missing the mark and not doing our homework fully. Now, again, uh, what I'm referring to is a 22-ish uh, situation with, uh, you know, well, everybody's favorite rapper at the moment, Drake, uh, dealing with a minor. Now, mind you, he was only 23, 24 at the time, but with that being said, she was a minor. She was 17 at the time, and, you know, I, I watched this uh, situation and looking at it for myself now he kisses on her he caresses her and I, i'll be honest with you as a dude i felt uncomfortable with what i was saying so when a, a video like this is resurfaced during a time where you know we are attacking men or we claim that we are attacking men but we claim that we are uh we are uh channeling victims rights and we are respecting that well I'm sorry. Are we picking and choosing exactly who we attack here? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Again, I'm not. I'm not uh, changing my opinions on R. Kelly. I'm not going to do that. What he did was nasty, but so was what Drake. What he did was creepy. It was, you know, really unwarranted, and it's the same type of. That's the same type of nasty behavior that we were just complaining about from R. Kelly. So what gives Drake a pass? Is it because he's light skinned Is it because he's cool? Is it because, oh, that's okay. So is it okay when certain, see, and that's going to lead me to my next question. And I think ladies need to, account, I'm sorry, y'all going to have to answer for this because y'all credibility, in my opinion, is shot, has been shooting, is, has been shot in the past couple of days, especially with this revelation here. Now, are we picking and choosing the men that we want to attack? Are, are, are we just going to really, are we going to, are we really going to give certain men passes for what they do? I thought the whole point was to talk about all of it and to stop all uh, mistreatment of women. But obviously, obviously, Drake can get a pass for what he does. And don't tell me, oh, it happened so long. Well, what R. Kelly did happen even longer. Bill Cosby, same thing. Even even a longer uh, uh, situation in which uh, details were kept kept from you know the surface or kept from pu the public eye that those cases those went on for years but somehow drake gets a pass that's very interesting to me but then i'm not surprised because the media doesn't do a good job of 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 putting down uh these teachers these female teachers that get caught with young men doing whole shit either so it makes sense 
So I'm trying to figure out where these women stand in this in this Me Too movement. I think it's a lot of bullshit now because I, from what I see, we're 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 picking and choosing who we want to attack. The media is picking and choosing who they want to attack, and these goofy ass consumers, they think that they're woke, and they'll they'll follow behind it. No one goddamn well their favorite rapper was just year was 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 doing the same thing was doing the same nasty ass shit i don't care if she's 17 i don't care if she's if she's not 18 don't touch on her bro this is this is my message for all the for all my young partners you're not like drake obviously you're not popular enough so they they will they will throw you under the jail so don't play that stupid game that drake made don't don't touch on nobody 17 if you're 23 y'all that's what i'm saying because obviously they'll pick their they these women are picking and choosing who they want to attack through the media. Because they'll they 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 finally decided we're gonna wake up and go after R. Kelly. Oh great! But yet Drake goes idly by and he was basically making out with a seventeen year old on stage. But that gets a pass. That gets a pass. Okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm lose this this whole movement is losing credibility for me. The the minute the minute I'm the minute you're you're, you're gonna break your the minute you're gonna start picking and choosing who you want to attack despite these people having these allegations or despite having this proof against them I'm sorry this resurfaced for a reason this is that this is that moment where we need to be checking everybody so for you to sit there and let popular artists get a pass while you're gonna while you're gonna call yourself y'all gonna call yourself being woke because you're dragging R. Kelly you're deciding to drag R. Kelly now let's let's talk, let's say what it is you're just you y'all decided to drag R. Kelly now you're not woke because of that you have not made you have not made a there you have not made an improvement in your community not when you can sit there and and drag somebody else through the mud and let somebody vir go for virtually the same thing. What I saw is bullshit. There's no explaining about what Drake did. What he did was nasty. And it was resurfaced for a reason. And again, y'all took the bait. Y'all didn't say nothing. That makes y'all look bad. It makes y'all. I'm sorry. It makes y'all movement look very petty. That's what it looked. That's what it. That's what I'm sorry. Because if it was really about protecting the little girls, if it really was about protecting somebody, making an example, making an example out of Drake too, because he's doing nasty shit too. Oh, it was such a long time ago. Oh, really? It didn't stop y'all from getting that, getting after Bill Cosby. It didn't stop you guys from getting after R. Kelly. Mute Drake too. Oh, but he's too popular. Y'all too busy dancing. See, and just like and just like a couple decades, just like a, a decade ago, when 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 um, R. Kelly dropped the Chocolate Factory, y'all was silent to that bullshit too. Oh, he ain't pissed on that girl stepping in the name of love. Now, now y'all just gonna hotline bling y'all way past a, another pedo, potential pedophile, right? Okay, that's just y'all choice. Y'all made that choice, and y'all and black women still was showing up to R. Kelly shows. Even after, even after the surviving R. Kelly bullshit. So, in my opinion, I, I, it's not as though that I don't support them when it when it comes to matters of domestic abuse and violence towards women. But we're not. I'm not gonna be with y'all when y'all pick and choose. If y'all want to be mad at R. Kelly, be mad at Drake too. I don't fuck with Drake either. I don't fuck with pedophiles. Now, if y'all want to, any woman wants to explain that to me, explain why he gets a pass, then we can have that discussion. Until then, I, I, I you know, I don't want to hear too much about y'all revelations, about y'all being woke to some shit. Because obviously, you don't even want to, you don't really want to go after the people who's doing it. All the, all the people who's doing it.
you want to you again you want to be led and 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 persuaded on who to to get at so uh with that being said i'm going to take a quick break and when i come back i'm going to be discussing some college basketball i'll go over the uh, i'm going over the top well some of the top scores over the weekend uh, of course the top 25 and I, like i said it's going to go over some of the the bigger scores over the weekend we had a lot of top 25 play and of course we're going to be going over the nfl playoffs the super bowl is set up uh, i'm going to go over the two conf- uh, two yes the two conference championships as well and finally, we have a little bit of baseball news to touch up on. Uh, there is some Manny Machado news or not so much news yet. Just a little bit of drama with him. So we're going to wrap everything up with some MLB talk. So I'm going to take a quick break, y'all, and I will be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. And like I said, I was going to uh, discuss some college hoops for a little bit. I'm not going to go all o- over all the top 25 scores over the weekend. I'm just going to go over the couple, uh, couple of the bigger ones. Uh, we're going to start off with Michigan and uh, Wisconsin. Uh, for one, this was a big upset here. Michigan came into this game number two. Uh, they're still number two at the moment. Of course, the, the rankings are going to change, uh, I think, tomorrow night. So I will have an update. Updated, some updated rankings for y'all in the middle of this week. Uh, but number two, Michigan did go down to Wisconsin on Saturday. Uh, 54 is a, 54 to 64 is a score there. Uh, Michigan moves on to 17 and one. Wisconsin moves on to 12 and six. Let's break this one down real quick. For Michigan, uh, they really only had two decent scores. Uh, they had Jordan Poole uh, and also uh, their guard Jordan Poole. Excuse me. He had 14 points, three rebounds, and three assists. They also got help from their center uh, John Teske. He had 15 points and seven rebounds. For Wisconsin, uh, they were they only had really two good scores, two really notable scores as well. However. Uh, their forward Ethan Happ led all scores with 26 points. He also had 10 rebounds and seven assists. And forward Nathan uh, Rovers he also had nine points, three assists, and then uh, two rebounds on top of that. My biggest takeaway from this game um, was that it kind of shocked me uh, for a little bit, just because of where Michigan is, is ranked right now, uh, and then also where Wisconsin is. They're unranked, so on the surface, it looked uh, to be. Uh, just one of those games, just one of those upsets that you really weren't expecting. But honestly, looking back on it now, thinking back on the stats again, uh, Michigan has a solid defense. The only thing about them, and this is their crux, they don't really score a lot of points. I think the last time that I uh, we talked about Michigan, uh, I stated that they were uh, at least 40th in points, something like that, or maybe even lower than that. They only averaged about 60, 60 points a game, 61.2, something like that. So it's not going to get it done every night. Obviously, Wisconsin came in there oh, well, Ethan Happ, I did see the highlights of this one. Ethan Happ was all over the place making making baskets. So, um, you know, unless Michigan is playing solid lights-out defense, that all – well, really lights-out defense, meaning getting a whole lot of turnovers and really controlling, uh, controlling the tempo, that offense is not really good enough to win them games I'm starting to see. So I'm not really su- surprised about it. Um, after looking over the, looking over some of the stats and everything and just looking over what Michigan has brought to the table so far this season, I'm not actually that surprised about it. Again, it's just more sticker shock since they were number two in the nation. Uh, we also got uh, Kentucky, uh, number 12 in the nation. They took out number 14, Auburn. It's some good SEC play. Um, oh, actually, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
Kentucky was able to win that one 82 to 80. Uh, for Kentucky, they were led by guard Tyler Harrow. He had 20 points, four assists, and three rebounds. Uh, their other guard, uh, Kelton Johnson, also had 20 points and three rebounds. And their forward, Reed Travis, had 17 points and seven rebounds. As for Auburn, they were led by both of their guards. Bryce Brown, he led all scores with 28 points and three assists. And also Jared Harper, he had uh, 17 points and six assists. And moving on, um, the big game from Sunday, at least the biggest game in my opinion from Sunday, uh, was number two, Iowa. Uh, they were able to get it done against Illinois. Oh, no, sorry, number 23, Iowa. Uh, they were able to win that one 95-71. to 71. Uh, For Illinois, they were led by their two guards, Ayo uh, Dosunmu, he had 15 points, six assists, and also four rebounds. And also Trent Frazier, he had 12 points, two assists, and uh, also two rebounds. For Iowa, they were led by their uh, their forward Luca Garza. He had 20. Uh, Luca, yes, uh, Luca Garza. The forward had 20 points, two assists, and two rebounds. And one thing I'm gonna say real quick about this guy, he plays some good basketball. Uh, I'm not gonna take nothing away from what he did, but if you ever look up, look him up, Luca Garza, he has the funniest student portrait you will ever see. That smile is so ridiculously goofy, but he can ball. But his smile, I'm just, I just had to throw that out there. He has the goofiest smile I've ever seen ever. But anyways, they also got helped out. Uh, Iowa got her, uh, help from their two guards, Isaiah Moss. He had 21 points, six rebounds, and three. Uh, sorry, six six and three rebounds, and also Joe Weiskamp. He had 24 points, five rebounds, and three assists moving on we're going to go through this top 25 again i will have an updated uh, one for you uh for for this week coming up starting this monday uh this is this is uh basically for the end of last week uh basically for your top of this week because again the the rankings for college basketball usually come out tuesday tuesday night so uh this is just your little last little you know last little look at for this week it won't change too much for some of these teams but let's get right into it uh at number 25 we got oklahoma oh sorry indiana they are currently at 12 and 6 at number 24 we have mississippi state they are at 14 and 3 at number 23 we just talked about them here comes iowa at 16 and 3 at number 24 uh, i'm sorry number 22 excuse me we got villanova they are at 14 and 4 uh they are back in the top 25 they've won five in a Row. And they're currently first in their conference, which is the Big East. They are 4-0 in conference play. And, of course, if you haven't heard about him yet, uh, he should be on your big boards if you are into this into the NBA scouting uh, NBA scouting world. Uh, but senior guard Phil Booth, I personally like him. Uh, he leads the team 18 points, 3 rebounds, and 3 assists. He's had some monster games this season. Uh, just, don't, just, just being able to just have so much range. And he is also a good passer as well. He doesn't pass the ball as much. Uh, he's really known for it shooting but all around really solid player and field booth uh at 21 we have houston 18 and 1 again they play a very um they, they play a very soft schedule so this is why they're at 18 and 1 and 21st in the nation uh that loss that they took that loss that they do have was against a unranked opponent so you know the committee and anybody who votes on you know the rankings they look at that and they take a lot of they took a lot of they took a lot of points from uh Houston for that one loss. It's, and and even though they're eighteen and one, that's that's why they're twenty first in the nation. They don't really play in a really standout conference and their uh their out of conference schedule wasn't that hard either this year either. Uh, at number nineteen we have Maryland. Oh excuse me. 
And number 20, we have uh, Oklahoma. They stand at 13 and 5. At number 19, we have Maryland at 16 and 3. They got a big win last weekend as well against Ohio State. At number 18, we have Ole Miss. They currently stand at 14 and 3. They are 3 and 1 in conference play, but now they have three wins against the top 25, including one this weekend. So they are on the rise. Uh, I think there's somebody you need to look out for. Um, they're playing a really good conference. Um, however, before winning this weekend, they did take a loss to LA. Issue in, in, uh, in their conference play. So that is their one conference loss. So the SEC, um, you know, they don't really get a whole lot. They, they get a whole lot of football love, but I will tell you this this year they look like a really solid basketball conference as well. At number 17, we have NC State, North Carolina State at 15 and 3. At number 16, we have Buffalo. We're going to talk a little bit about them later on. I don't talk about them so much. I don't think I have broken them down just yet. And uh, for a team that's been in the top 25 basically this whole season, I ought too. So we'll talk about them a little bit later on uh, down this week. At 15, we have Marquette. Uh, they are currently at 15 and 3. At 14, we have Auburn at 13 and 4. At number, thir- uh, at number 13, we have North Carolina. They are at 14 and 4. At 12, we have Kentucky at 14 and 3. Like I we uh, just finished talking about them, uh, them and Auburn to be exact. They just played each other this weekend. Uh, and number eleven, we have Florida State. They stand here at um, thirteen and five. Their last game was a loss at Pittsburgh. Well, their last game before this weekend was a loss at Pittsburgh, but they were able to get some of it back, some of their juice back. Uh, they got a win against Boston College this weekend, but they are currently two and three in conference play. That will put them near the bottom at the moment. They are at ninety-five in points per game, and they're also at. 115th in points allowed per game. Their schedule, the strength of schedule is also at 16th. And honestly, I'm you are probably looking at the worst team statistically. Statistically, I would say in at least the top 15 or top uh, close to the top 11 in in the rankings right now. At number 10, we're gonna. Uh, we're going to start with the top 10 now. Uh, number two, we have Nevada. They're currently at 18-1. They also had a win this weekend against Air Force. At number nine, we have Virginia Tech. They stand at 15-2. At eight, we have Texas Tech at 15-3. At uh, seven, we have Kansas. They are at 15-3. They also dropped a game this weekend. I believe it was either Friday or Saturday. Uh, number six, we have Michigan State. They stand at 16-2. At number five, we have Gonzaga here at 18-2. Still looking solid. Uh, four, we have Virginia. They are at 16-1. They took their first loss uh, this weekend uh, to Duke. Uh, they looked, they didn't look that bad. Uh, it was a two-point, it was a one-basket game, uh, but now they stand at 16-1. Uh, they st- they're still, in my opinion, one, well, I would say Duke now is a team to beat in the ACC, but come tournament time, come conference tournament time, look out for Virginia. They can I mean, that game was close. It was, it was, it was 70-72, to that final score with Duke, so if anybody could take out Duke, it might be Virginia. At number three, we have uh, Tennessee. We're gonna break them down. Uh, they are currently eighteen and one. I'm sorry, sixteen and one. They are four and zero in the conference. Actually, no, five and zero in the conference, and they are tied for first. Uh, they've won eleven games in a row. They are eighth in points per game with eighty-seven and seven. A uh, second, excuse me, on, in terms of offensive rating at one twenty. So they perform really well. They outscore their opponents just about every game uh, that they 
win. So offensively, they're a really good team. At number two, we have Michigan. They are 17-1. and one. Of course, we talked about them taking their first loss of the season in ugly fashion against Wisconsin. They're likely to drop uh, this week, so we will keep an eye on them. And finally, we have Duke. Of course, they've been at, they've been at the top for at least a few weeks now. They are... They are currently standing at 15 and 2. All right, y'all. So I'm going to take another quick break. And uh, we can, when we come back, we're going to talk some NFL uh, playoffs. And also, uh, before I forget, I also want to talk a little bit about some Kyler Murray as well. He's decided that he might want to take his child, his talent, excuse me, to the NFL. So we're going to discuss that a little bit as well. All right, y'all. We will be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. Like I said, we, we was going to go over the NFL news from over the weekend. Uh, we're going to start off with these NFL playoffs, the conference championship games to be exact. Uh, let's go through the NFC real quick. Uh, both of these games were running overtime, however, but uh, let's go through the Rams first. Uh, the Rams were able to get this uh, get, get this one done, excuse me, 26-23. to 23. Uh, Let's break down these stats here. Uh, of course, Jerry Goff led the Rams. He went 25-40, 297 yards. He threw for a touchdown and an interception. So, again, he's not looking uh, great, but, again, he didn't, you know, kill the game for them. On the ground, C.J. Anderson led the way with 44 yards, and Ty Gurley was also able to get a touchdown. In terms of receiving Brandon Cooks, he was able to uh, catch seven passes for 170 yards. Tight end Tyler Higby was also able to catch a touchdown. And on defense, they were led by their two linebackers, Corey Middleton. Uh, 12, uh, he had 12 total tackles, and their linebacker, uh, Mark Barron, he had eight total tackles. Uh, one takeaway for the Rams, uh, again, they played great defense. Um, <laughs> they played really good defense. Their offense, again, in terms of passing the ball, um, well, just in general, um, you know, they really didn't get a whole lot out of their, out of their rushing game in this game. Um, their passing game, at least in terms of what Goff was able to do, left much to be desired. But I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the Saints also having a very capable defense. Uh, but let's move on to the Saints. Uh, speaking of them, uh, Breeze went 26-40. He did throw for two touchdowns. However, he did throw for an interception as well. In terms of rushing, uh, Melvin Ingram led the way. He had 31 total yards on the ground. So not as you can see, both teams did not really fare that well on the ground. Uh, these these defenses, I, I think, are, are the best uh, out of all the teams that are in the, uh, well, that were in in the playoffs as, at this moment so um a lot can be said uh going into this matchup against new england of course new england has you know you know has its has its you know has what it has going for him it has the brady factor of course but uh, i'm i was pretty comfortable i could be pretty comfortable with siding with either of these teams defenses i like the way these these guys play uh but in terms of receiving Al, uh, alvin kamara led the way he had 11 total catches and also 96 yards and on defense again like i said they had a pretty solid defense uh Demario Davis, the linebacker, led the way. He had 14 total tackles, and he also had an interception. Uh, the cornerback, P.J. Williams, also had about eight total tackles as well. So they were all over the place, both sides. Uh, both teams were all over the place smacking each other. Good defensive game. Uh, they did put up 20 points on each other, uh, but again, over 20 points on each other. But uh, the Rams just had enough to eke it out. Of course, there was that controversial no call. Um, and again, I, I think when you're in a game like that, I think the refs decided they, they wanted to stay out of it um, as opposed to being, you know, because either way, you know, whatever call you make, uh, it was it was going to, you know, have that effect. So I, I think the refs decided, well, we'll just stay out of it and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And that's, a, you know, and um, 
and I'm not saying I'm in total agreement of what happened, but you know, for the most part, the Rams were able to get it done, and uh, they they were able to score on that long ass field goal, and you know that's what happens. What matters is the final score, and uh, we'll see uh, what they can do in the Super Bowl. Uh, moving on, we're gonna go to the AFC Championship. Uh, the Patriots were all were, were able to get this done again, and and go to their ninth straight Super Bowl. Of course, there was some uh, disagreement about this game as well, at least with the overtime rules. Uh, but they are what they are in the NFL. I would not trip about it. Um, you know, if they decide. They want to change it in the offseason. Uh, that's what the NFL is going to do. If not, then just have to bear with it. Uh, but the Patriots were able to win this one. 37 to, th- uh, 37 to 31 is the final score there. Let's break down these stats. Brady, he had a not so good game. 30 of 46, 348 yards. He threw for a touchdown, but also two interceptions. So, again, Brady was not himself, but they were able to get it done. Uh, they do have some type of blessings for them. Uh, on the ground, they were led by Sony Michelle. He had 113 yards. He also uh, ran for two touchdowns. In terms of receiving, Julian Edelman had seven catches and 96 yards. And Philip Dorsett, a name that you do not hear often when, when we talk about the Patriots, he was also able to get a touchdown as well. So, they're always able to get some some random play for some no-name body that you don't even hear of that much no more or has never surfaced like Malcolm Butler uh but again they're able to get it done and you know I hate I hate to be any team that has to play them in the Super Bowl because you know even when you look like you have the better players you just they just have that those winning qualities and anything can happen on defense they were led by Kyle Van Noy he had 10 total tackles he also got a sack as well so a really good game from them I, I would say defensively and of course Sonny Michelle he's becoming a man he's a rookie but he's playing like a man and uh, of course they got those they got that that one cut touchdown from Philip Dorsett out of nowhere again they just can get it done they just that's why I don't hate on them too much. I dislike them for what they did against the Raiders. I thought that was bullshit, but they just able to get it done every year. What can you what can you say? In terms of the Chiefs, though, they were led by Patty Mahomes, of course. He went 16 of 31 for 295 yards. He also threw for three touchdowns. So this man, uh, of course, he you know, he was in a losing in a losing rec and a losing effort, but uh there's a lot to be said about his determination, a lot to be said about his skill set, and uh I think he will be back. He will be back. Uh, on the ground, they were led by Damian Williams. He had 30 yards uh, and a touchdown, but he also caught five catches and for 66 yards. He also caught two touchdown passes. So they did get help. They had their help. Uh, but, you know, the Patriots, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Uh, in terms of receiving, Sammy Watkins led the way. He had four catches for 114 yards, and Travis Kelsey also caught a touchdown on defense. They were helped out tremendously by Daniel Sorensen. He had 14 total uh, tackles and an interception. He's one of my favorite safeties in the league. Uh, really good cover safety. He can hit as well. Uh, he was all over the place last night. Uh, also, we got linebacker Reggie Ragland. He had 12 total tackles and an interception. Another interception as well. A uh, couple takeaways from this game. Uh, of course, Tom Brady did not look perfect, but that team uh, came up in spots. Again, I don't know what it is, whether it's play, co- uh, you know, coaching, play calling per se, or just you know players making a play when it counts. Uh, Sony Michelle, of course, uh, he was all over the place. Two touchdowns. Uh, again, that that Chiefs defense, in one way or another, it let them down. Uh, you know, they gave they they were able to pull two interceptions away from Tom Brady. Uh, but again, they allow Sonny Michelle to run the ball all over them, and you can't do it. You have to, you have to be able to stop both, uh, both facets of the offense, and one can't beat you. And they got beat by the running game, in my opinion. And of course, Philip Dorsett made that random play. Uh, but if I, if I am the Chiefs, 
with that being said, I think, you know, with what I'm seeing, this is not, this might not be Tom Brady's last run, but he's definitely looking like Father Time is getting to him. He could say what he want. The people around him could say what he want. Numbers don't lie. He threw two interceptions in a conference championship game despite the win. I think if he was playing against a, a more, well, I say, I would say a more balanced offense that's been there, that's had some experience, I don't think he wins that game. That's just my opinion. Uh, but again, he's definitely showing his age. I definitely like the way Mahomes played. No interceptions. Uh, three touchdowns in the cold. There's a lot to be said from that. Uh, of course, they were probably, I mean, maybe you can say that the, the you know the missing Linga Kareem Hunt might have had something to do with that a little bit more. Took a little bit more from the dynamicness of that offense. Uh, but still, they did not perform terribly. Uh of course, Damian Williams only got 30 yards on the ground, so that might be some of it, you know, a lack of balance there uh, in terms of running, uh, being able to rush, you know, rush, uh, getting some rushing yards. Uh, but again, Patty Mahomes did not have a bad game. He looks to be the future. And yes, Tom Brady won this one, uh, and he might be the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. And even if he pulls it off, I still think Father Age is showing is showing up uh and father time excuse me is showing up and it's showing it's showing its effect on brady again two interceptions in that conference championship game to one touchdown that's not Tom brady like so I, that might come back to haunt them because if there's anything that i know that could play some good defense that could take advantage of that uh offensively as well it could run the ball possibly a little bit better than the chiefs because of who they have would be the rams so this is going to be a very interesting matchup i'm not going to say that i have a favorite just yet uh but but this is a very interesting matchup that we do have a mat a, a rematch uh, uh albeit from 2002 so for you those of you who are in, you know who don't remember or who, who who know this was tom brady's first you know this is how he popped his cherry so it'll be very interesting to see how this all goes out this will be the second year in a row he's had to have a rematch um this time it's against uh, a team that he's already beaten not a team that's already beat him because remember you know he had those rematches with the giants you know the loss of the Giants. So this is very interesting. He's coming off of a win uh, in this situation. He's already beaten the Rams before in the Super Bowl. Of course, it was over t over a decade ago. But again, it's just very interesting to see where, I mean, how we already know, you know, what the Patriots have been through these past 20 or so years in their playoff run and their championship runs. It's good to see. It will be good to see just how far uh, the St. Louis Rams organization has come uh, from from that 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 Super Bowl appearance in 2002, which they lost to Tom, and seeing how they've well, seeing you know just how much of the changes has affected them coming you know coming from uh, St. Louis to to Los Angeles, we're gonna see all those changes. This is a culmination for one or two guys. It's either gonna be a culmination for an organization in L.A. or it's gonna be a culmination of of a whole career for Tom Brady. So either way, uh, it looks it's looking to be a good story, a good narrative leading into the game. Uh, I do like both teams. And despite how they won it, uh, these are probably two of the most deserving teams in the league and two of the best teams in the league. Say what you will. I, you know, uh, despite the plays, the final plays uh, they've done, they were able to do enough within three and a half to four, you know, three and a half quarters, both of them, despite the drama. Like I said, despite the, the post-game drama, they were able to do just enough. They've done, they've done more than enough, uh, both teams, to get to this point, despite those final plays. So, 
respect it for what it is. I I call it a, a really great Super Bowl matchup. I myself be previewing this game. You'll have a you'll have a preview for me. I probably won't give you a, a, a winner, but I'll definitely be breaking this one down for you. All right, y'all. So give me some time for that. For now, though, we are gonna take a quick break, and like I said, we're gonna wrap everything up. I got some Manny Machado news for you guys. Um, he's on the move, but hey. <laughs> there's nothing and there is some hey there is there is some twitter to talk about too so we'll get into that in a little bit so all right y'all i'll be right back all right now y'all i am back and uh before i get into this manny machado news i also wanted to uh touch up on uh, the kyler murray situation as well as for those of you and for those of you who may not know kyler murray was a quarterback uh from the university of oklahoma uh he was also drafted by the oakland a's i believe the, the year beforehand uh the player for them he was given about a seven million dollar contract anything between the realm of four to seven million i don't know the exact number uh but the a's gave him an opportunity to play football for his senior year and in that senior year at oklahoma uh in which he had also that's the same place he also been playing baseball as well uh he had 69 he had a 69 percent uh, completion percentage uh he threw for 4361 yards 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions and for all those who, who may not know he won the Heisman, which is for the best college this is the award given out for the best college football player in the of the year and uh of course he deserved it uh he was able to win his conference he also had a national championship well, at least a playoff appearance uh, uh, he eventually lost to Oklahoma. I'm sorry, to Alabama. Uh, but the point is, uh, he does have some quarterbacking skills. Uh, now, the question, uh, so and with that being said, is with those newfound skills or skills that he probably knew he already had, of course, but now they're being confirmed to him, he has decided to take it upon himself to declare himself eligible uh, for the NFL draft. Uh, this is interesting because, of course, he already has a contract uh, he signed or is, was in the process of signing with the A's. And so there's that drama there. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for him and, I, I, you know, I'm not one to tell a young man where he what he should do with his life, because believe me, I'll be the first person to tell you I, I don't listen or I didn't listen as much to other people. Um, so I think, you know, with with his situation, I. You know, he's a grown man. Uh, you know, of course, he's a, an emerging young man. Of course, he's just getting out of college. He doesn't know everything yet. Neither do all of us. But uh, with that being said, he's definitely talented. Uh, you know, I don't know his his uh, baseball numbers. I don't have any of these base uh, any baseball numbers on me. Uh, but with that being said, we obviously know that they were good because he wouldn't have got drafted uh, by the Oakland A's and already be given a contract had he you know had he not have been good at baseball. Uh, so it's obviously he could play both sports. Um, I guess the issue would be, you know, how effective would he be? Uh, I think the question is how effective would he be at either sport? Um, for one, for one, if we're breaking down baseball, the contracts there are guaranteed. However, there's no guarantee that he'll be playing for a quote-unquote pro team. He'll a lot of, in a lot of cases, nine times out of ten, or maybe even eight times out of ten to be nice, possibly seven, seven times out of ten, he'll end up playing for a minor league team. Uh, so that's in a, a far-off market. That's in a very small market that's not going to get you anywhere. However,
receiver, uh, he could definitely take the pro route. Now, the question is, is he ready for the pro game? Uh, he stands barely uh, six feet, not even anywhere near six feet, about five, eight, something like that. Uh, about 100 and something pounds, about 190 maybe, maybe close to 200 pounds. Uh, but very small, very svelte is the word here. Uh, is that is that a football quarterback size? Uh, again, we've seen quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield. They they're defying that. Even Lamar Jackson isn't a huge lumbering guy that can make plays with his legs and with his arm. So uh, it's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, I feel that as though he's already since he's already had a contract with the MLB, I would almost lean towards them uh, because I know whatever they offered him that's going to be paid in full uh regardless of what uh at that point whether he just well whether the organization decides to make him play triple a or even double a uh minor league he will still be getting paid that four million dollars the nfl uh he might get a few more million dollars okay i'll give you that he'll get a he'll probably as opposed to getting a four million dollar contract he'll get a 37 million dollar contract or something like that, twenty something million dollars, but it won't be guaranteed, and there's no guarantee that he's as successful as he could have been with baseball. But then again, he could be a he could be a bust in the MLB. So there's no there's no real um, there's no real chance of us knowing except for watching him play. And if he decides to play football, that's his choice. We'll watch him play football, and if not, uh, he has enough talent to play baseball, and we'll watch him there. So uh, definitely, it is, it is his choice. He has earned his he has earned his uh, opportunity to choose because he's efficient at both sports. So you can't be mad at him, anybody, uh, baseball fan, football fan, be mad at him for any decision he decides to make because he's been, he's been given God-given talents, and it's up to him to find the best way to express those and and uh you know be successful you know it's not our it's not our place to tell him you know if he feels as though he can play football in the nfl go ahead it's not my place to tell him you're five eight or whatever you can't play because i've seen quarterbacks of his size do very well so it's not my place it's nobody's place uh, all i can say is he has the potential to play both and possibly do very well in either or so uh, with that being said, we're going to move on. Uh, of course, we're going to wrap this up. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about Manny Machado, uh, a, a real legit MLB player who's on who's on the on the move uh, this offseason, who could be on the move, uh, apparently. So rumors of a 70 uh, million, I'm sorry, for an off a seven year, uh, sorry, seven or eight, uh, eight, seven or eight year deal with the Chicago White Sox worth uh, 175 to 250 million uh, has been denied by his agent, Dan Lozano. Uh, that that rumor surfaced about sometime last week. I thought it was serious. Uh, there is a possibility of him still signing uh, with the White Sox because apparently Twitter has saw him in a White Sox jersey or White Sox cap. You know how people take things seriously on Twitter. Uh, again, his father, though, is also claiming that there's also a new offer from the Dodgers. Uh, he's also been given... Uh, well, I don't know if the Yankees have offered him anything just yet, but they've also shown interest as well. He's also been on the move to Philadelphia. He's also visited, visited the Phillies, who also are interested. So this is a very interesting uh, story we have here. Of course, I, 
I'm not too sure about the contract uh, either by Chicago because, again, from what I'm hearing is for him and Bryce Harper, somewhere in the in the ballpark of 300 to 400 million. So I'm not saying that Chicago hasn't offered him anything, uh, but I'm not too sure if that's the right money because, again, what I'm hearing for him, like I said, and Bryce Harper is somewhere between 300 million and 400 million. So 175 to 250 million, I don't know about all that. Now, maybe, you know, Chicago. Chicago's financial situation is a little bit different from New York or let's say the Dodgers, but that's what we're hearing. That's the numbers that we're hearing. Anything between 300 and up, that 300 million and up, that's what we're looking for. So when he signs, look for that to be one of the, him and Bryce Harper to sign some of the biggest contracts in MLB history. But for now, uh, it looks like to be a lot of, a lot of talk right now, a lot of speculation, um, you know, nothing really uh, solid yet. Uh, same thing with Bryce Harper. So it's a it's a little bit boring right now. This is a little bit of a drawn out saga. Um, what I'll do for you guys is in the next couple of days, I'll just highlight uh, just some MLB free agency moves in general. Uh, but so far, a trigger has not been pulled on Manny Machado or Bryce Harper yet. So y'all, so uh, we, I, you know, for your favorite team, keep your fingers crossed. You never know. <laughs> but for right now, neither neither one of these guys has decided to really uh, make it make a decision yet, and it doesn't look like the money uh from at least at least it doesn't look like a contract has been made up from a team either it doesn't like they've come up with a uh, uh, with a solid contract or a solid offer yet either any team so uh keep your eyes open for that if that's something you're into uh but for right now i'm gonna call a wrap for today uh my next episode of course we're gonna be going over the word on the street uh we got some nba news to talk about we're gonna go of course go over the standings uh, i also want to go over some conference standings for uh, college basketball as well and then um of course, we're gonna we're gonna do a Super Bowl preview. So uh, I will be back uh, the next couple of days, y'all. Uh, bear with me. My work schedule it varies from time to time, and like I said, my energy levels. Uh, so I'm trying to get a, a, a you know a consistent flow for you guys, a consistent you know consistent uh, drop of episodes for you guys. So please bear with me. Again, if you want to follow me on the social media, look look me up, L Jamal. That goes for anything. That's Facebook. Uh, that's also on uh well that's on facebook l jamal johnny e l j a m a h a d j a n i that's also the same thing for this uh instagram l jamal johnny that once again that's e l j a j a m a h a d j a n i of course that's the same thing for the paypal as well if you'd like to set up a donation that's always helpful please or if you want just interact with me just talk to me send me a message let me know how you're doing. I'm also on Snapchat as well. That's Jay Butler. Of course, I'm I'm free. I'm available. Come fuck with your boy. Y'all have a good day. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And um, peace out. All right.